Chapter eighteen of Capital Volume One. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Anna Simon. Capital A Critical Analysis of Capitalist Production, Volume One by Karl Marx. Translated from the third German edition by Samuel Moore and Edward Aveling and edited by Frederick Engels. Part five the production of absolute and relative surplus value chapter eighteen various formulae for the rate of surplus value we have seen that the rate of surplus value is represented by the following formulae roman numeral one the ratio surplus value over variable capital or ratio s over v is equal to the ratio surplus value over value of labor power is equal to the ratio surplus labor over necessary labor the two first of these formulae represent as a ratio of values that which in the third is represented as a ratio of the times during which those values are produced these formulae supplementary the one to the other are rigorously definite and correct we therefore find them substantially but not consciously worked out in classical political economy there we meet with the following derivative formulae roman numeral two the ratio surplus labor over working day is equal to the ratio surplus value over the value of the product is equal to the ratio surplus product over total product one and the same ratio is here expressed as a ratio of labor times of the value in which those labor times are embodied and of the products in which those values exist it is of course understood that by value of the product is meant only the value newly created in a working day the constant part of the value of the product being excluded in all of these formulae under roman numeral two the actual degree of exploitation of labor or the rate of surplus value is falsely expressed let the working day be twelve hours then making the same assumptions as in former instances the real degree of exploitation of labor will be represented in the following proportions the ratio of six hours surplus labor over six hours necessary labor is equal to the ratio of the surplus value of three shillings over a variable capital of three shillings is equal to one hundred percent from the formulae roman numeral two we get very differently the ratio six hours surplus labor over working day of twelve hours is equal to the ratio surplus value of three shillings over a value created of six shillings is equal to fifty per cent these derivative formulae express in reality only the proportion in which the working day or the value produced by it is divided between capitalist and laborer if they are to be treated as direct expressions of the degree of self-expansion of capital the following erroneous law would hold good surplus labor or surplus value can never reach one hundred percent footnote thus for example in dritter brief an von kirchmann von Robertus, widerlegung der ricardoschen lehre von der grundrente und begründung einer neuen rententheorie berlin 1851 i shall return to this letter later on in spite of its erroneous theory of rent it sees through the nature of capitalist production note added in the third german edition it may be seen from this how favorably marx judged his predecessors whenever he found them in real progress or new and sound ideas 
The subsequent publications of Roberta's letters to Rudolf Meyer has shown that the above acknowledgment by Marx once restricting to some extent. In those letters this passage occurs. Quote, Capital must be rescued not only from labor, but from itself, and that will be best effected by treating the acts of the industrial capitalist as economic and political functions that have been delegated to him with his capital, and by treating his profit as a form of salary, because we still know no other social organization. But salaries may be regulated, and may also be reduced if they take too much from wages. The eruption of Marx into society, as I may call his book, must be warded off. Altogether, Marx's book is not so much an investigation into capital as a polemic against the present form of capital, a form which he confounds with the concept itself of capital. Briefe, etc., von Dr. Robertus Jagetsov, herausgegeben von Dr. Rudolf Meyer. Berlin, 1881, Volume 1, page 111, 46, Brief von Rodbertus. To such ideological commonplaces did the bold attack by Robertus in his social letters finally dwindle down. F.E. and footnote. Since the surplus labor is only an aliquot part of the working day, or since surplus value is only an aliquot part of the value created, the surplus labor must necessarily be always less than the working day, or the surplus value always less than the total value created. In order, however, to attain the ratio of 100 to 100, they must be equal. In order that the surplus labor may absorb the whole day, that is, an average day of any week or year, the necessary labor must sink to zero. But if the necessary labor vanish, so too does the surplus labor, since it is only a function of the former. The ratio surplus labor over working day, or surplus value over value created, can therefore never reach the limit 100 over 100, still less rise to 100 plus the ratio x over 100. But not so the rate of surplus value, the real degree of exploitation of labor. Take, for example, the estimate of El de la Vergne, according to which the English agricultural laborer gets only one quarter, the capitalist farmer, on the other hand, three quarters of the product, or its value, apart from the question of how the booty is subsequently divided between the capitalist, the landlord, and others. Footnote. That part of the product which merely replaces the constant capital advanced is of course left out in this calculation. M. L. de la Vergne, a blind admirer of England, is inclined to estimate the share of the capitalist too low rather than too high. End footnote. According to this, this surplus labor of the English agricultural laborer is to his necessary labor as three versus one, which gives a rate of exploitation of three hundred percent. The favorite method of treating the working day as constant in magnitude became, through the use of formula Roman numeral two, a fixed usage, because in them surplus labor is always compared with a working day of given length. The same holds good when the repetition of the value produced is exclusively kept in sight. The working day that has already been realized in given value must necessarily be a day of given length. The habit of representing surplus value and value of labor power as fractions of the value created, a habit that originates in the capitalist mode of production itself, and whose import will hereafter be disclosed, conceals the very transaction that characterizes capital, namely the exchange of variable capital for living labor power, and the consequent exclusion of the laborer from the product. Instead of the real fact, 
we have false semblance of an association in which labourer and capitalist divide the product in proportion to the different elements which they respectively contribute towards its formation. Footnote. All well-developed forms of capitalist production being forms of cooperation, nothing is of course easier than to make abstraction from their antagonistic character and to transform them by a word into some form of free association, as is done by A. de Laborde in de l'esprit d'association dans tous les intérêts de la communauté paris eighteen eighteen h carey the yankee occasionally performs this conjuring trick with like success even with the relations resulting from slavery and footnote moreover the formulae roman numeral two can at any time be reconverted into formulae roman numeral one if for instance we have the ratio surplus labor of six hours over working day of twelve hours, then the necessary labor time being twelve hours less the surplus labor of six hours, we get the following result. The ratio surplus labor of six hours over necessary labor of six hours is 100 over 100. There is a third formula, which I have occasionally already anticipated. It is Roman numeral three, the ratio surplus value over value of labor power is equal to the ratio surplus labor over necessary labor is equal to the ratio unpaid labor over paid labor after the investigations we have given above it is no longer possible to be misled by the formula ratio unpaid labor over paid labor into concluding that the capitalist pays for labor and not for labor power this formula is only a popular expression for the ratio surplus labor over necessary labor. The capitalist pays the value, so far as price coincides with the value, of the labor power, and receives in exchange the disposal of the living labor power itself. His usufruct is spread over two periods. During one, the laborer produces a value that is only equal to the value of his labor power. He produces its equivalent. This the capitalist receives in return for his advance of the price of the labor power a product ready-made in the market. During the other period, the period of surplus labor, the usufruct of the labor power creates a value for the capitalist that costs him no equivalent. Footnote. Although the physiocrats could not penetrate the mystery of surplus value, yet this much was clear to them, that it is, quote, une richesse indépendante et disponible qu'il n'a point acheté et qu'il vend. End quote. Turgot, Réflexions sur la formation et la distribution des richesses, page 11, and footnote. This expenditure of labor power comes to him gratis. In this sense it is that surplus labor can be called unpaid labor. Capital, therefore, is not only, as Adam Smith says, the command over labor. It is essentially the command over unpaid labor. All surplus value, whatever particular form, profit, interest, or rent, it may subsequently crystallize into, is in substance the materialization of unpaid labor. The secret of the self-expansion of capital resolves itself into having the disposal of a definite quantity of other people's unpaid labor. End of Part 5, Chapter 18